Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from episode 15, our post-event discussion of the Liver Forum meeting. Since one of the rules for the forum is that all conversation stays in the room, this is a bit different than the way we cover other major events, but I think it's a great conversation. From the vault, we have season three, episode 26-2, with Quentin Anstey leading the group and considering what a year ago were novel thoughts about best use of NITs. In this final conversation, I prompt the group to share a few additional takeaways from the meeting that they feel will be worthwhile for the audience to review when looking at the published slides on the Liver Forum website. Michelle Long shares that the meeting strongly made clear to her the importance of collaborative thought and grappling with different perspectives, all the while guided by patient needs. Jeff McIntyre states that while it's easy for the community to become self-congratulatory as our first drug gets approved, he saw how approvals will morph and magnify challenges, particularly in the terms of clinical trials after approval. I know how the meeting reframed for me the narrative around patient journey, from something that felt kind of flat to something that was extremely alive, multidimensional, and vivid. As we close, Veronica notes her appreciation for all forms of feedback, which will help the forum continue to, as she puts it, push the science, push the thinking, and push the innovation to make things happen. As you can hear, a lot of really interesting conversations and some novel ideas emerged from the Liver Forum meeting last weekend. It's a lot to take in and some interesting perspectives, so sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. I'm wondering if there are one or two more takeaways from the meeting that we things that will be in the slides that folks are comfortable that they saw that they're comfortable sharing so that the folks who are listening can a understand why looking at the slides is such a good idea and b look at them with some sense of not what they're looking for but what they will find. Michelle Long. I think I can start on that one. It's so easy to get stuck in your perspective, and I'll say this from someone who recently changed perspectives from an academic hat to an industry hat, and I see this every day going there and having forum where people can get up and say, this is what's really challenging for me, from my perspective. It really became apparent that obviously we need to work together, but I mean, there's an urgency around that because someone from a diagnostic point of view can get up there and say, look, if the standard of care changes, then all the work that we're doing to move away from the biopsy needs to be repeated compared to the new standard of care. I mean, who would have thought of that had you not really gone through that from a diagnostic biomarker perspective? before. I certainly hadn't. The imperative to work together for all of us to kind of air our our issues. And then of course, for the patients and the patient advocates to keep us on track of really what is important and what should be focusing on and not these little nuanced changes that may or may not have any clinical meaning, I think was really good to see. And I think the forum is the perfect place to do that kind of work. So I've certainly was very energized by it. And I'm really excited to work together with people across the spectrum together in these working groups where we can help push the boundaries and push the field forward. Veronica Miller. And maybe if I can just jump in here, uh, Roger, again, because you can't see me nodding, but Michelle, you know, you proposed, um, it was during the Paris Nash meeting, I think, these two new working groups about, you know, for example, the one about can we take uh, studies done in patients with F2 and F3 and then studies done in patients with F4. Is there some way of pooling these endpoints? And if you remember the, the first call we had about this, I said, well, these are 
are just so different. How exactly do you think, you know, I pushed you a little bit, like how on earth is that going to work, right? And it was also your colleague, Sharat. I, I have to also acknowledge his, his role in that. But then going back to the session on cirrhosis and really starting to look at all of this as a continuum, that even a four is no longer a four. It's really different strata. And, you know, you come out of F3 into F4, but that's a continuum. It's not like patients suddenly one day something happens to them. They say, oh, now I'm a four. It's a continuum. And so this idea then of also if we're talking about lack of progression as being an endpoint in F2, F3, it just makes so much more sense now. So, you know, your proposal, I think initially when we had these very regimented groups of people, to me was more difficult to see how would that discussion go. But now because of all of these conversations since then, including the the meeting in, in, in Los Angeles as well, sponsored by the ASLD, the Emerging Topics Conference, it really makes so much sense now. You were really thinking ahead to, again, it's a patient journey through these stages. And it's not that from one day to the next, they jump from one category to the other. But they may go back and forth for a while between the two, right? Between F3 and F4. And so all of that is coming together. And I really, really look forward to those discussions in that working group. Michelle, let me come back to you. Where do you see this changing? How is there, is there a single tangible way where you leave this meeting and you say, well, gee, there's one thing I'm looking at that I might look at differently in a way, I, you know, you shouldn't have one of those blinding flashes that go, okay, this is different. Did you have one of those here? Yeah. Seeing things from multiple perspectives, you know, in particular around the work that we need to do for making sure that we don't throw out good drugs. And this came up, I think, with a comment that Mason made towards the end about we're always talking about how do we move away from the biopsy, but what about qualifying histology as a accepted and validated surrogate. We haven't really talked about that uh, so much, but that would change things. So there's multiple ways that you can make a big difference, I think, in the way trials are designed and studies are done. I had a better understanding of the complexity around that. And of course, the teamwork involved with all of the players that we will need to work together, you know, to get that done. Jeff, same question. Jeff McIntyre. Yeah, I don't know that it would be a matter of epiphany, as you phrase the question, Roger, as much as it was just a kind of an unexpected doubling down on a couple of different areas. Certainly, I came out of the last panel feeling especially challenged about where we go and how we go with clinical trials. It seemed that the panel discussion of talking about NASH drug development in the era of approved drugs, I had a lot of hopes for kind of how that conversation could be framed and, and without saying too much here for the closed room consideration, that it turned more into a clinical trial conversation really was elucidating to me to show that we really do still have a lot of challenges there, that all the challenges that exist in clinical trials are still very much there and they're not necessarily relieved. In fact, they may even be complicated by the emergence of new drugs in this area. The tone of the conversation was a little frustrating for me, but in that way, it just, as I said, it doubled down for me the work that there is to be done, especially from a patient perspective on clinical trials, kind of tip to toes all the way down on that as well. Yeah, there was one comment in that particular conversation. I won't elucidate what it was 
was or who made it consistent with the rules, where somebody said something and I just said, whoa, that's not what I would have expected. And I said, this is a tougher challenge than anybody's appreciated. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree on that. There were some panelists that made some of the comments that I was kind of having, that I was had a much more urgent <laughs> language about in the back of my mind, but they were able to cover it and to take care of it. And so I did kind of come out of that just, as I said, thinking, okay, well, it's easy for us to get congratulatory about the possibility of getting over the line with some of these drugs, but that the challenges suddenly got magnified for me, especially in terms of clinical trials going forward. Well, that's very good, Jeff. The reason we put that session in there was exactly to open up this conversation. And I had no illusions that it would be easy, but it's the first round, right? And hopefully we'll continue the conversation at the next liver reform. They all build on each other, but there will be lots of conversations, one-on-ones and small groups, etc. I'd love to follow up with you and anyone here in this particular podcast, you know, specifically as well. This is what happens. It's an ongoing process and really I'm very happy to dig in a little bit more. But definitely having been through some of these discussions in other disease areas, it really challenges the field. I liked how you say there's so much more work to be done, but we need it to start. Yeah, absolutely, Veronica. And I, yeah, I would say that if all aspects of the field utilize as much of a Socratic process as you do for the liver form, I think we would have resolved a lot of this. And and again, it is credit to you and the forum for the involvement of patients and patient groups because it lets us as patient organizations know where and what the work is still to be done on this. Veronica, one of the things I took out of that second morning that was remarkable to me, at least, is you come out of marketing research and people talk all the time about patient journey, patient journey, patient journey, patient journey, patient journey, until you can just drummed into your head. But it's defined very differently when you're thinking commercially about how to sell or market a drug to patients and physicians than it was on Saturday morning. And starting with Scott going through Lauren and then to discussion, I felt that my vision of what the patient journey meant is like, you know, sometimes you walk through a door into a room and you just see a whole different vision. Uh, this was that door. And I tell myself I'm too old for that, but obviously I'm not. I just thought it was really illuminating. And for many other things, but for that one, if no other, I want to thank you for allowing me to be around to see that. Thank you, Roger. And like I said, we never quite know where these conversations are going to go. It's not scripted. It's not scripted. So as we wrap up, I'd like each of you to give our audience one encouragement we haven't yet, if you can, about why they should dive into these slides and learn more about what went on in this meeting. Jörn Schattenberg. Let me start. I gave the colleagues who attended the most room on this discussion, again, from the distance and uh, what I've learned with a liver forum working in part of the steering committee is it's a cross-section of multiple stakeholders that you know, are looking for solutions from, from different directions. I, I think we heard Jeff, we heard uh, Michelle, both still keeping her clinical knowledge tight with her, but now coming from the industry perspective and Mazen obviously as an established clinical researcher in the field. So this is really the, it's not just an addition, it potentiates the experience you get by having so many different views on this. And congrats, Veronica. I'll jump back in and, and point not to a session, although there is a their working group that dealt with this, but also to something that seemed to be thematic to me in this that I think I can still uphold without spilling too many beans about, which was the through line of uh, placebo in so many of the conversations. I just found that fascinating and something that is spoken about a lot in patient advocacy. We at Global Liver Institute talk about clinical trials as healthcare for a variety of positive reasons in there. But to have the group actually dive into some of the issues around placebo, I thought was really enlightening. And it's good for us to be able to hear where the divisions are as much as where the possibilities and where the positives are. Because so often we feel like we're just in a vacuum talking about these sort of things or that something's revelatory. But 
no one else seems to be paying attention. And so to be able to see some of the debates, some of the discussions, and then kind of a agreement on many of the benefits as well as disagreement on the benefits is just really great. And it was great to see the report out from the placebo arm database and kind of continue to think about how we can best use that data. Yeah, I would just add that I totally agree with that, Jeff. And a lot of meetings go to uh, either Jorn or Mason maybe said this earlier that it is like a rehash of a lot that we've heard before. This meeting is very different, I think worth looking at because it's a chance for people to feel safe about putting up their challenges and really showing this is why this is hard uh, for me and from my perspective. And so I think it really became very clear where the holes are and where we really need to work together to fill some of those gaps. Not to say that it was discouraging. I would say that, I mean, of course, you probably know this from talking to me, I'm an optimist and always look on the bright side. So I do think it was very exciting and I do think there's a very bright outlook, but it was really good to hear the depth of some of the challenges and for people to really share their particular issues and perspectives was super helpful. And I think the only way that we can fill those gaps is if we know what they are and, and how bad they are. Bad is an interesting word to end on. I would have chosen the more value neutral large, but I totally take your point. Mazen? I want to take from more time. I think that it was summarized beautifully. Again, congratulations to Veronica and Arun and another successful liver forum. I look forward to the next one. Hopefully I can make it to Paris, but I thoroughly enjoyed that meeting. So Veronica, last word is yours if you have a last word you'd like to share. Well, obviously I have a, we're a neutral organization, but obviously I have a horse in this race, right, in terms of the liver forum and our program. So I do really, really appreciate all the feedback from and, and the comments from this group. And and for me, exactly like what everyone already said, it's about pushing the envelope, but you have to know where to push. And when I say pushing the envelope, we're not an advocacy organization, but advocates come and, you know, participate in the process. And then Jeff, you and GLI, you can do, go and do your advocacy. But the form itself is not an advocacy organization. So when I say push the envelope, I really mean, you know, push the science, push the thinking, push the innovation to make things happen. And yes, like I said, these conversations are not scripted, but it allows things to come out on the table so that we can then say, okay, these are the challenges. Nobody said it was going to be easy. And these are the challenges. This is the landscape today. It's different from the landscape from four years ago. Many things have gotten better. And some things, you know, with the impact of the COVID and the lack of being able to meet with people, I think did have an impact on the field as well. So how do we deal with that and really get these interactions happening in a way that produces something that eventually is positive. But we can't come in here and say, oh, you know, everything is fine. There are challenges and we need to work on them. But the nice thing is that we can work on them together. And Veronica, just the note is, I think the envelope that you're pushing is the one called integrative thinking. That is the toughest thing to get people to do. In fact, the piece of advocacy, people, we tend to define advocacy as taking one point and pounding it. But when you're dealing with something this complex, true advocacy or true progress starts with integrative thinking. And that is your envelope from where I sit, that is your envelope and badly needed and really well executed. And kudos to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll put that into my vocabulary. My pleasure. And now back to Roger. 
We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, Donna Cryer will be joining us along with a couple of others to discuss why Nash Day 2023 is so important for the future of how we treat the disease and how we look at it. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. So until then, stay safe, surf on, whatever religion you celebrate, this is an important weekend. So have a good one and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.